Taiji and Game Scoop. I'm gonna set like Yeah. Oh. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Taiji and Game Scoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. Joining me this week, Justin Davis, Scoop. Jared Petty, Hi. Sam Claiborne. We've got a great show for you today. But first, some housekeeping notes. PAX is this weekend. I and several other IGN personalities will be there. If you want to hang out with us, there's a bunch of different ways you can do so. First up, Friday night, 8 p.m., I'm DJing the NetEase party, opening up for Steve Aoki. That is at Soho Soto Showroom, I want to say. Check my Twitter feed for more <laughs> info. Uh, your PAX badge gets you in for free. Oh. And Saturday night is the IGN meet and greet. That is at a uh, Indian restaurant called Amber. Awesome. In the do you think they have pizza? What's that? Indian I don't think pizza? they do the Indian pizza. Oh. No. You gotta come to the mission. What about those ah. really good Indian crepes? For Indian pizza. I don't know if they have those. Those are really good. Zante's Indian pizza. There's good Indian pizza in the sunset, too. Is that really? True? Yeah. I don't know. By my old house. It's not mentioned yeah. in Why the Last Man. That's true. Uh, and then on Sunday, is uh, the Game Scoop live panel is 5.30 p.m. in the Sasquatch Theater. So, for more info That on, is uh, a cool theater that name. That is a cool theater yeah, name. the Sasquatch Theater. Yeah, right. Wasn't it like your last one in like the Arachnid Theater? That's PAX East. That's oh, yeah, what, just, oh, what is it with you? guys have amazing theater names. That's great. We don't name them. This is PAX. I know. PAX names rad. their theaters. Oh, okay. So, that's not the actual name of the theater. Okay, I got, I got this it. Is, yeah, this I'm is what PAX is called. theater for this event. I thought that was actually like on their sign. That would be nice. Yeah. Anyway, I just uh, so I'll hold down the fort here. Yeah, hold down the fort yeah. here. Sadly, I will not be at PAX either. No, you know. I think I'm the only one from this panel that will be there, but... Uh, As a father. Mitch, Marty, Brian Altano, Max, Naomi, Andrew, Destin, a bunch of us are going to be The cool kids will all be at PAX. Uh, just follow my Twitter feed, at Zero for more information if you want to hang out with us at PAX. Anyway, let's get to on to the show. Let's get on to the hard-hitting video game news that GameScoop <laughs> is known for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the fact that just, just Cause 3, uh, there's a contest <laughs> with Just Cause 3 where you can win an actual island. Mm-hmm. Yep. I tried to get Or $50,000. Or $50,000. You can just spurn the island. Yep. Yep. Wait, yep. wait a second. Yes, I so, missed that detail. Yeah. Okay. That's you, the best detail. So I think... Doesn't that mean it's a bullshit island? <laughs> yeah, of course. So like the island, this island would only be worth $50,000. Oh. And I tried to do some research on how much islands cost. Yeah, there's They're no like geographical millions. location for the island either. Private islands are like millions of dollars. We do so, actually yeah. know. I don't know how Unless much Unless they're islands. in like maybe like Alabama or like, you know. An uh, island in Alabama? Yeah, like yeah. on a river. Yeah, there are. Well, like right. in the Sacramento River Delta. Okay. I know. Prime real estate is pretty yeah. cheap there. So yeah. I know a surprisingly large amount about buying private islands. Really? I have looked this up in the past. Interesting. It tweaks my... <laughs> it tweaks my imagination. I really like the idea of owning. A I like that island. idea too. Sure, yeah. I'm sure um, many people do. And we also we did a feature on IGN on um, I don't remember what it was. It was someone paid like 500 million dollars to buy some developer or something, and it was like, here's what else he could have bought with that money. Mm-hmm. And it's like you could buy a dozen private islands. Yeah. Oh, well, there's a really pretty, like, amazing private island. Or yeah. And so I, v- I was really curious when I saw this Just Cause contest. I was very suspicious. I'm like, why aren't they sh- telling us more about the island? Mm-hmm. Yep. I want to see the island. That's because it's a it's a it's got to be a garbage. Island. So it's just like a salty piece of I mean, land, I like a Jimmy Buffett lighthouse island. I like don't know. Just it's may- maybe not even that. Yeah. I think it's a, just a publicity stunt where the winner will be heavily suggested that they just take the 50 Yeah, it's yeah. like yeah. in The Simpsons where Bart insists on getting Stampy the elephant. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I, we looked into a lot of other ancient publicity stunts and mm. contemporary ones for games uh, after reading this story, and I have some good ones for you. Oh, oh, you want to yeah. lay them on us? Yeah. yeah. Is All that right. what, why we were talking about that? I yeah. didn't even know. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I did a lot of research. So it's for, I can go through. I can. Do, how many? How many do I have time for? 
You got all the time in the world. All right, so, okay, okay, starts with Sword Quest. Heck yeah, Sword Quest. Right. 2600. Sword yeah. Quest for the Atari 2600, they uh, made uh, five prizes out of gold and precious metals yep. and they said were... there are going to be four games that come out after Sword Quest plus Sword Quest to make the series. They're called like oh. Water World, Fire World, Earth World, yeah. stuff like that. It's, it was four games and then a final contest. There were only contest. four games. Yeah, yeah. there are four Sword Quest games. And then they're going to do a, uh, uh, they're going to give these to people and three of the prizes have never been seen. Well, they've Except been out of the, the, the original picture of all this gold stuff. The point yeah, is, one guy, two people won them. Two people won. Three of them were seen by the, one of the winners. Yeah. And there's some photographs of some of They did it all it's exist. It's like a gold crown, a sword, yeah. a sword, and then a, a bunch of Okay, so that, that was they're a big They're worth stun. like 25000 yeah, they're, they're really expensive. And the whole thing turned into a boondoggle. I yeah. think as recently as 2005, one of the winners was yeah. interviewed and he was still in possession. Yeah, and, he still has the chalice. Yeah. Atari collapsed yeah. right when this is happening. Uh, so, so that happened. Okay, so in, uh, in the late 80s, Mega Man. Every character that you know in the Mega Man games, after Mega Man 1, which has Guts Man, my favorite, my favorite robot. I love Guts Man. Uh, all the Bomb robots Man. were products of contests in Japan. Even in Mega Man 2? Yeah, Mega Man 2. Every single contests. robot after Mega Man 1. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I guess I didn't so, realize that. I so, uh, and like they didn't have to like like draw them or anything, but they would submit ideas for them. Um, and then in Mega Man Four, the they actually gave out the these gold one. cartridges for it. And uh, eight, was, right? One for each robot master. Yeah, and there's one uh, on display in Super Potato in Japan. Jose took a picture of it when he said. But they only made eight of these cartridges, and they were prizes for but, the for the winners. All right, you have, you have a young baby. <laughs> I do have a young child. Yeah. You could have named your child Turok <laughs> if you had, if your child had been born in 2002, I yeah. believe. And you would have gotten ten thousand dollars from, from a claim. Your daughter Turok seems like a more fitting name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is that good? She is a destructor. Um, <laughs> we, uh, if I also have a baby, I also have grandparents that are mm-hmm. sadly no longer with right? us. And, and what, the same company, a claim, uh, was were they were paying people to advertise Shadow Man Shadow on Man Tombstones. On Tombstones. How would you advertise it though? You Man. say Shadow Man Two is badass. R.I.P. R.I.P. Grandy. R.I.P. I mean, yeah. it was all just for the shock value, the publicity. Yeah. So here's one that's a little bit closer to home. Do you remember when we sent one Destin Legary into the wilds of Northern California <laughs> yeah. to chase a balloon with a copy of Mass Effect Three tied to it? Yep. I thought we sent uh, no, Alfredo. I- we, we probably sent Alfredo, but Destin went anyway. Okay. <laughs> and Destin got horrible poison oak. Okay. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah, because so they, the balloon sailed into this redwood cluster, and he was chasing it on GPS, part of this contest, and uh, he didn't get it. They dropped copies of Mass Effect 3 from, like... I, I, yeah, I they, they sent they, him up with weather balloons or whatever. Yeah, They're floating yeah. through the air, and then they came down like, it's such a disaster. Like, you think about this for more than five seconds, yeah. and you're like, this is going to land on private property. Yeah. This is going to be harmful to the environment. People are going to be, like, crashing through, you know, state parks. Like, this Mass Effect Fulton system going on yeah. all around. No, that's that's freaking crazy. It's it's not as dumb as THQ sending the balloons into the air for, what was it, the release of? Or, that was Homefront. Home home front? Front? Yeah. And yeah. that wasn't a contest, but that was a publicity stunt where yeah. they they had a, uh, I believe, a Korean food truck at GDC, and they unleashed some balloons. So, uh, another contest. Uh, uh, Peter Molnu mm-hmm. made a game Beautiful. called uh, Curiosity. Mm-hmm. It was about tapping a whole lot to get to the center of a uh, giant, yeah. Yeah. like, uh, mobile game thing. Yeah. yeah, it's a mobile game. And at the center, he said, what is at the center will uh, change your life. Right. 
and a, the young man who found got to the center didn't know who Peter Molnu was and didn't really know anything about this. Uh, and still to this day, I think, hasn't gotten a lot out of it. It's actually a really sad story. I think Eurogamer, we looked it up right, yeah. like Eurogamer wrote, uh, interviewed him, and it's really sad. Like he, So he was supposed to win a bunch of money, and then he was well, supposed to it was, be... Uh, it was ambiguous what he was supposed to win. He was getting a share of the profits of their next game. Of yeah. their, they made a game called Goddess. Uh, and uh, he was supposed to be a god in that game and get to shape, like, I want the game to be this, like a, almost like a creative director So everybody role. would play this game, but there's going to be one central deity... And that was the, the winner of the contest. Like, it's a clever tie-in. But then, like, he says that the developer, like, wouldn't return his emails or phone calls. Was this 99 then, cans? So yeah, this, Okay. Yeah. All right. And, uh, so and Peter Molyneux wouldn't return his emails. Well, I mean, like, the dev team. Like, you know, and then it just turned into this weird thing, and it just sound, it sounds awful. So mm. nothing came out of it? He basically, I mean, he got a trip. They flew him out to he meet everybody. He won curiosity. Yeah. And then I think he did get he some. He got an interview in Eurogamer. Cash, maybe. <laughs> but not, I mean, it didn't obviously end up I mean, being what was promised. It was a debacle. If just, if just nothing happens, that doesn't sound like a tragedy. Mm-hmm. The I, problem I mean, was, Damon, he chose the island. I, I, that's it. I, I want to roll Always take the 50K. Yeah, I would exactly. kill, kill to know where those three lost sword quest prizes are. Is it you two are accounted for? I think so. Like because a person you can't, or... You uh, can't kill one uh, of the leads in this because he's already dead, and that's Jack Tramiel. That's true. Who, who the, may have had the sword. Uh, people the sword. say, well, it's a, people say that people say that people saw the sword, which was, uh, I think, the $50,000 prize, the, the most expensive one that was going to be the final, final contest prize, hanging in his living room, but nobody's completely sure. But all three of those, we know they were made... The combined value of the five prizes, $150,000 in like 1982. Oh, money. they went to cash for gold in like 1985. Yeah, yeah. so like, but did they, they just get melted down? down? Yeah, or, no, or this or is viral marketing for, uh, for uh, what's the book where they go? Sword Quest? No, the, uh, <laughs> man, it's one of my favorite books from the last few years. Um, I loaned it to you. Oh, uh, Ready Player One. Yeah, it's, it's, it's viral marketing for Ready Player One, too. They've been planning it for 40 years. I still owe you that copy back. No, I, I told you it's a gift. So anyway, oh, video game contests be crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's totally. true. So to win this Just Cause 3 island contest, you need to purchase the day one edition. Then, when the game launches, you have to rack up as many chaos points as you can while you play. After 90 days, if you're on top of the chaos points leaderboard, the oh, island is yours. You know Steven, can be... I just name my baby Just Cause? No, you have to play that's the game. So, it, uh, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. On the one hand, I'm glad that it's sort of a skill-based, it's not just like, hey, a random person's going to win. But it being number one on the leaderboard, that's just going to be cheesed all the hell, right? Just like, imagine the last two guys. That, how do you mean? They, you know, They'll right. find some way to cheese do the leaderboard. It? Yeah. I, don't know, I don't know what cheese means. Are you mean exploit? Yes, okay. it's synonymous with exploit. But will there be like two people so, at day 89 yes. just like I mean, pushing for ultimate supremacy? <laughs> Sam really liked that one. <laughs> it's good. Uh, I, I've, I, I've, the, the term cheesed is, is, being, is used more and more now. Mm. Um, or what's the he'll pay someone minimum wage to just play the game on his account. 24 mm, hours a day, they'll have shifts of people. The only person that could possibly afford to do that is somebody who already has a private island. Yeah, no. it, at I, I think the math works out. If you want I own the 50K, a pair of islands. If you want the 50K, pay three people 10K. An archipelago. To just yeah. play the game in eight-hour shifts, and then you're playing it for 24 hours straight. You know what I'm noticing here? It says the contest begins December 1st and ends February 29th. Mm-hmm. So February is going to be long next year. Ooh. Oh, wow. Apparently. Leap year. Yeah. That extra wow. day. Uh, we should do a game scoop that day. 
We should have done a game scoop that day. And yeah, you know, we maybe we can announce the winner of the island live here on Gamescoop. Oh, that'd be amazing. Let's, talk, let's work with Square Enix. All right. Absolutely. Justin, work that out with Square Enix. <laughs> Got it. Here, let's read the fine print together for this contest. Location of island to be determined by sponsor. All taxes and fees associated with purchasing and obtaining island, including but not limited to attorney's fees, escrow, and closing costs are the responsibility of the winner. Uh. Sponsor does not guarantee the island to be inhabitable, <laughs> developed, <laughs> Oh. Or reachable by any means other than a boat. Oh, uh, okay. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, it's... Because it's not so, big enough to land a plane on. Yeah, yeah. That's we're talking tiny. about, like, a technical island, which would be, right. like, a rock in the middle of a river. But I also yeah. like how they're like, when, we'll determine the... They don't even have the island! <laughs> None of this is real! <laughs> I know, it's not real. I think the size of this island would be, like, when a cartoon character crashes, yeah. their plane crashes in the ocean, and they're on that just, like, sand dune yeah. with one palm tree yeah. on that I'd island. Take maybe, maybe they'll buy... You know how, like, housing developments in the suburbs have the duck lakes, and then they have the one little island out in the mm. middle that's man-made? Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe just, like, could go out there and plant a flag. That's a good and, point. Yeah, Damon and I uh, go to Kansas a lot. We could make an island out there. Out there, there's, there's plenty of farm ponds. There's you a just, big lake in Olathe. Yeah, exactly. You just mm. you just dump some dirt in the middle of that lake, and yeah. that's your island. Yeah, on two acres. Anyway, Just Cause Three is out December first. Uh, I am interested in playing that game. Looks great. Mm-hmm. I love the grappling hook. The grappling hook's super fun. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sold on grappling hooks and and uh, games. From Bionic Commando on, that's yeah. been a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Uh, the kind of Bionic Commando games bookend grappling hook goodness. Mm. Yeah, there's that. That's good. Yeah, there's been some bad grappling hooks in between. You're Do you right. remember Bionic Commando Rearmed? Yes, indeed. Yeah. Really enjoyed it. Do you remember there was a Bionic Commando Rearmed 2? Yes. Yeah. That added the ability to jump. Yeah, yeah. and Bionic Commando Rearmed 2 I tried very hard to like and no. did not no. have any luck. Nope, 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 nope. No. There's not many things that you need to do in a Bionic Commando game, and not jumping is probably one of you them. You need to yeah. not jump. Yeah. Yes. That first few minutes you're playing the first Bionic Commando and you figure out you can't jump, it's, it, you almost would stop playing right there, just like, what is this bull, just total bull game. And, you know, 10 minutes in, when you start to figure out what you're capable of with that uh, with the hook, it's then like, oh, okay, I get it. Lost Planet had a grappling hook. Yeah, pretty, pretty good. good one. Bionic Commando was, what, 1988? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah. I remember my grandpa took me to KB Toys, mm-hmm. bought me a Bionic Command, Commando, and I remember it cost $54 yeah. in oh, wow. 1988. So over mm-hmm. 50 bucks, yeah. yeah. It was so sophisticated. Cool. The music was amazing. I mean, it was you so still have the game. Uh, probably it's not. It's a lot of money in twenty. I'm just saying, like, bucks. games yeah. cost sixty dollars today. Yeah. Do you know why you wanted it? Like, why you wanted that? Because of Nintendo Power. Oh, okay. Yeah. I saw the graphics of like the explosion at the end. Oh. I don't know why they spoilers. They put that in there, but yeah. yeah. Super Joe. Yeah. Oh. It's a simpler time. Moving on. Our next topic this week comes from listener Shay. He emailed us at gamescoop at IGN.com, just like you can. Hi, Shay. Shay says, I have a degree and a career in the cinema production field. Oh. What do we think that means? What's cinema uh, production? Is he a filmmaker? Making mm-hmm. movies. Making motion pictures. When I go to see movies for fun, I have a hard time not picking the movie apart. I always tend to try to figure out the scene, the lighting, the staging, the camera movement. Even though I try my hardest to just enjoy the movie as a normal person would, or blue pill, I always seem to do this. Is this what happens to you when you're playing games for the first time? Does this happen to you when you're playing for fun, not for your job, like reviews and guides and whatnot? So, is it hard for us just to play a game for fun and yes. not pick it apart? You think yes? Yes. Uh, yeah, I play I games. For, I, I play them for fun, but picking them apart isn't unfun for me. I, mm. I enjoy yeah, picking games would, apart. That's yeah. uh, writing guides has, has really taught me a lot about things like level design and, and what what goes into game structure. But I don't find it less enjoyable to notice those things. Actually, I, I like 
in watching a movie, I enjoy seeing the curtain pulled back and how the magic was done. Mm -hmm. So for a video game, that sense of, hmm, oh, I see what they did there, that's really enjoyable for me. Plus well, it's up to the game or the film to, to suspend your disbelief, right? Mm -hmm. To, to make, make sure that you can abandon that and forget about the mise en scene and forget, forget about the lighting and, and just make sure that you're engaged. I mean, that's, that's the obligation of the, the, the creators. Um, that's how I, uh, when But we're I'm a little watching, bit more tuned to, to, to yeah, what's when I'm, going on in it. That's my technique for getting through spooky movies, which I don't care for one bit. Is you just say, it's just a movie, it's just a movie. <laughs> yes. No, I picture myself, I like picture like what I'm looking at is like there's a camera right uh, there and there's really? a million people standing like, you know, doing their job and then they cut, she screams and then they cut the scene and they go tweak her hair <laughs> and that's like what I have to picture. In to, order to get through a scary funny. movie. That's yeah, really cool. I mean, the opposite is that I've always heard when I started writing guides, you know, eight or nine years ago for IGN that like it's going to ruin games for you and that like doing this like will make it really but it doesn't work out that way because I always do guides as a freelancer for terrible games <laughs> so that was no problem and then uh, once I started doing guides for games I really love like the Halo series and stuff like that like it was great because you have the game early and you get to explode it and that's why guide writing is done by people that aren't yeah. getting paid for it that's the whole basis of game facts and wikis is that it's really fun if you really like a game to take it apart yeah. and know every part of it that's why i love my job it's what i did anyway when i play a game i, I try to break it it's one of the very first things i do you know walk to the left in limbo and get that you get a, whoa you know why they they accounted for that mm -hmm. and trying to find all the things that people do or don't account for and what's going to happen by, by pushing the boundaries of the universe that's one of my favorite favorite things about video games. What, what, what's the edge of reality here? You know, I, I can't go into the real world and push boundaries that far. I'll go to jail, you know, but, uh, but in a video you game... You can't walk can, left in real life. Don't no, have that's why you need your own yeah. island. That's why if I had my you own... You could walk left all day long and you're... Well, not all day. You'd run into yeah, the ocean. It's circular. Fast. Yeah. Well, that's true. Walking Ooh, to the good point. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm glad that your experience has been a little bit different. I would absolutely say that working as a journalist for, you know, a decade or just, you know, in or closely related to video games has changed the way that I interact with them and view them and knowing how they're made. Um, yeah, I would completely say that it takes away some level of uh, being able to just enjoy games as a hobby. Yeah, yeah totally. although our desire, you know, part of what we all do here and why we're all here is that we enjoy games as fans and we are totally... That first and foremost, like we love talking about games and being fans of video games. Yeah, like, like I'm super pumped about Metal Gear Solid Five. Yeah, even if, though, like we're not developers. Like we we are fans, and we're we're covering stuff from that perspective. Mm -hmm. And we wouldn't be good at that if we weren't fans of games. So it's like it's kind of like we're we're gonna like games no matter what because that's what we're hired. Yeah, to this do. is this moment right here, sitting here with these lights and cameras on, talking to you people, is one of the happiest moments of my week, and it's because it's uh, of that fact. Yes, yeah, totally. soaked up in it all the time. It's so. So if anything, so we enjoy fortunate. games even more because I, yeah. we we're, we're, we're here doing say, it. I would say I play, I play games with a critical eye, but it doesn't inhibit my oh, enjoyment. Yeah. For instance, I'm playing Disgaea 5 right now, and I'm fully aware of like how, you know, how the game systems work, and mm. it's a loop. It's a very simple loop that I just go over and over again, and I love it. I can just play it like all day long. But I'm also like a big movie buff, and I think I, can, I watch movies with a bit of a critical mm. eye too. I, I think I watch from an informed perspective that allows me to notice when there is a super long take or yeah. when the camera does something impossible, like in Avengers Age of Ultron when they show Tony Stark walking uh, under on a glass platform underneath and the camera goes up through the glass and now is now above him now. You know, I think movie magic. Yeah, yeah. I like I like being able to notice that stuff. I think it just it's just being an informed consumer. Mm -hmm. you know? 
Yeah, that's that. a good way to put it. I do. I think what helps is um, you know the games that we write about for IGN um, are not necessarily the games that a lot of us are as personally passionate. Mm. Like there's a separation between what I do during my time at work and what I do. Like I spend a tremendous amount of time with Dwarf Fortress mm-hmm. at home, but it's very very hard for me to work that into my work, and I understand that and respect that, and so. It doesn't feel like I don't necessarily take it home with me day after day. There's huge overlap. Like I write about Hearthstone and play Hearthstone, but um, our personal interests, um, you know, my personal gaming taste probably skews a little bit more hardcore and weird. Like I have weird, strange taste mm-hmm. in game that doesn't always manifest itself let in me, my work. Let me give one example of how the industry has changed us in a very different way when playing games. I think we all have tremendous respect for game developers and game development that mm-hmm. I wouldn't have gotten as a fan. Mm-hmm. And I know that side of it. And because of that, I know how hard people work on bad games. Mm-hmm. And that the worst game that I'm ever going to play was the product of somebody actually trying, a bunch of people probably, trying really hard to actually make something good. Whatever tripped them up in that process happened, but and the, and the end result might not be good. But to respect the craft, games are so hard to make. Sure. Indie the- games are so much more hard to make than an indie record. Like, it's mm-hmm. unbelievably hard to make yeah. video games. And, mm-hmm. I, and takes- now having known developers and, and everybody that, that works in the industry now, like, I've just... I'm just amazed to play a game like The Witcher, let alone a game like Super Meat Boy. They're like they're sure. just remarkable yeah. pieces of engin- engineered humanity. Like yeah. I, I can't mm. believe how amazing games are. The flip side is, I always used to be afraid when I was a much younger critic to, uh, you know, score a game poorly. Mm. Um, I would always give the score game a score that I thought it deserved. But um, you know, I don't know. Like I really didn't like it, and it's like you know, I know some of the people that make it, and it's it's just not a great feeling. But what I figured out now is that the people making games know their game better than you do as a critic. Like, they ran out of time, they ran out of money, they had some ideas early on that didn't work out, and it was too late to switch course. And then they ship, like, look, this is the best we were able to do, it's done, on to the next one, and they know it's going to get bad scores, mm-hmm. usually. Like, it's... it's. Yeah, I just wanted to point out, what he meant is not that he knows the people making the game he's reviewing, he knows people that make games. Well, I mean, or, yeah, sure, people move on to whatever. Like, I'm just saying, like, having worked in this business for a long time, like, you just know, sometimes you know some of the names. Like, it's just how it works. Um, I saw a good quote from a developer recently, just in regards to what you're saying. Uh, The quote is, you don't make money developing games, you make money shipping games. Mm. So at the end of the day, they, they need to ship... What they've been well, working I, on for the past two years, even yeah, if it's not... Like, I'm down. incredibly proud of some of the work I've done, and some of the work I've done, it, the project just didn't come together the way mm-hmm. that I wanted. And it's like, I can you can sort of figure out why afterwards, but it's hard when you're in the middle of it. And um, it's the same way with game development. It's very, very uncommon that a game gets savaged by reviewers when the people making it thought it was great. Yeah. Usually they kind of know that they're constrained by time or money or whatever. All right, moving on. This is Matt Dufford. He says, I'm playing the Black Ops 3 beta, and I'm a quite sad. <laughs> I'm 28, and I feel like I've finally grown out of Call of Duty. Mm. Well. I've played every Call of Duty religiously throughout the years. I've come to the realization that I now prefer exploring Witcher 3 over yeah. playing multiplayer-focused <laughs> games like COD. I'm sad that I've grown out of something I used to spend so much time enjoying. Have any of you ever felt sad about growing out of a genre you used to enjoy? Thanks for all you do. Well, I, I have some hope for you here. Uh, in my case, uh, I've grown out of series, I thought, or grown out of where I've lost interest in or le- left them behind. And then, you know, come back. Uh, it's amazing what seven years will do. Are you talking uh, about Bionic Commando again? Uh, no, I'm not. Bionic Commando, I never stopped loving. I've been playing Bionic Commando nonstop since the late 80s. Uh, what a great game. He's playing it right now. Uh, but 
Um, no, there are games that, that I stepped away from for years, or series, or types of games. And Examples, I like, I Jared. Uh, I don't know. Let's see. Uh, most of the NES library, I'd say. Uh, well, no, but... You, I mean, you walk but away. But you played about, those games. And you're, you're well, no. I, I, well, let's let's take this. Like, okay, so up to about 1992, I'm playing a lot of Mario games, right? And then for six years, probably, don't touch one. Just sort of fall away from them. Start playing more and more PC games. Start playing Civilization. Start playing Master of Orion. Start playing Quake. Go to first-person shooters. And yeah, those 2D games, they were fun, and I got good memories of them. And then one day, I find that old Nintendo at a house I'm cleaning up for a uh, for a civil service organization and take it home, a bunch of old cartridges with it, and plug in and like, these are still amazing. So what I'm saying is you can rediscover that love for something that you thought wasn't all that important to you anymore. You may find yeah, that- Provided that you can play Call of Duty online in 20 years. Yeah, there's um, that. I mean the type of game. I'm talking more about multiplayer shooters. Yeah, than yeah, totally. I think that there's a social component to playing Call of Duty online mm -hmm. that you have at certain times in your life and you probably won't have at another time in your life. And yeah. the same thing applies to many <laughs> other games. Rock Band is my example in my life. Yeah. I had a great era of my life in which my very closest friends would come over all the time and play rock band in a big group, like 15 mm -hmm. people switching off on instruments, wonderful. I don't want to go back to that. I don't feel like I can. Like It's not the same group of people that are in my life right now. It's not that I don't have the same house set up. Like, it's just, mm -hmm. it's not gonna happen. I just, I'll, I'll always love those times. Great multiplayer times, you know, but it's not in that place anymore. Yeah. I feel the same as Sam. Um, there's certain times in your life where you're in like maybe a golden period and you don't realize it. Like I had a core group of people that we would play Gears of War every single night. They were some of my coworkers and some of my friends, and it was great. Like I, that's the best feeling multiplayer game to me. The best sort of force to cooperate as a team. Um, and then it kind of ended, and like it's never gonna come back. Like those people are all at different mm -hmm. points in their life, and I'm at a different point in my life. We're in different time zones. Like I don't know that I'm ever gonna play a game online like that again. You know, maybe I shouldn't say ever. Who the heck knows yeah. what will happen in ten years? But and that's your social. Like that, mm -hmm. your game is your social life at that point. Well, and there's but then also your social life takes over sometimes, and the game yeah. the game is not necessary anymore. Well, and I so really like, happens. or I did like, I had a huge fondness for like JRPGs in high school. You know, and mm -hmm. I'm playing a lot of these PS1 RPGs and Grandia and all the Final Fantasies, and would go back and play older stuff. And realistically, like I'm net that like the I can't do that anymore like mm -hmm. there's not enough time for me to do that anymore so there's games that I have an appreciation of but just can't you know I love MMOs for example but they're probably not going to be a part of my life again um, mm -hmm. I don't know you just pick and choose yeah. like you have you have this many hours in the day <laughs> Everyone and this many years in your life right yeah you have yeah. this many hours in the day and that adds up to a week and a year like and that's realistically like I love Final Fantasy 9 but it's like I can replay that again, or I can watch, you know, all of Boardwalk Empire. And mm -hmm. like, I don't know, these are the choices we all make. But some of these, you know, there's, there's, I, I absolutely think there's tremendous validity to what both of you are saying, and I've experienced it. But every now and then, and maybe it's just that I'm a grotesque man-child, I do find myself deliberately. But what we're saying is, we yeah, couldn't go back to Rock Band. Like, I don't have the, I don't have a group of people that want to play will. Rock Band. Mm -hmm. But but maybe in a year you will unexpectedly. Yeah. I mean, I, I, just but you stumble onto stuff sometimes. I'm, I'm curious as to why Matt feels sad about this because because he's playing a game alone now. <laughs> well, I mean, which I love doing. But he says he's really favorite thing about he's the really enjoying Witcher Three. Yeah. So I don't understand. Like he could still play Call of Duty if he wanted to, yeah. but now The Witcher Three is more fun for him. So what? Maybe what's he has some friends that are about? still playing it that he doesn't want to. But he could just go play it if he wanted to. Like, he, I don't maybe understand. He's, maybe he's just just getting, do what you want to do. His tastes could, are changing. He's getting older, and he just fears the you know the inevitable. Touch but it could of death. be the situation I have, in which even if I wanted to play a rock band, I can't do it. Like I can't. 
I, or Gears of War. I played Gears of War a lot too. Like I can't just go out and be like, hey everybody, let's get together and play Gears of War. Like I just don't. That, nobody yeah. wants to do that I with mean, me. I mean, even outside of the social element okay. of it, like I said, I, I have a huge appreciation and fondness for JRPGs, and it makes me sad that I'm probably not going to be able to play that many JRPGs. Like, I could if I wanted, but but what's the trade-off? Like, what am I not doing instead? Like, I like board games a lot. I like other things a lot. And it's like stuff just falls off. Some stuff mm-hmm. has to fall off, and that's something that fell off. Like, Does that make you sad? Yeah, mm-hmm. Totally. Maybe it's because I have no regrets. I wish I have fantasies I'm about like Jared. Like, I'll, I'll force my way back into it if I have to. Yeah, I, I think I'm just obnoxious. That might just be the answer. It's just like, no, I will hold on like grim death to this I have, thing. I have fantasies know? of like freezing time and being able to get, you know, thir- if a day was 30 hours instead of 24 and I could just spend six and then be able to have all the hobbies that I'd like to have. Mm-hmm. I yeah. do have my rock band equipment. And it's all like boxed up nicely. I really don't want it because I don't have a lot of room in my San Francisco flat. Like I, this is a stupid thing to be keeping this. But I know these close friends of mine. We still have a long term plan to do rock band reunion. So we'll do it just once. But this fall? Uh, it could be. I'd rather no, not with a new rock band. With the original. Okay. Uh, play the songs and then put it in a dumpster. That's <laughs> awesome. That's so that great. Was, it's always been an inside like thing we talk about doing rock band reunion, but. Uh, I need to need closure, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, Matt, you're spending your time playing Witcher Three, which is uh, many people's, you know, favorite RPG in a long time. Ah, so. it's wonderful. Things it's are a wonderful okay. Game. Things things are not so bad, I don't think. And Call of Duty will always be there, probably every year, <laughs> for the rest of your life, if you ever want to go back to it. They said that about it. Guitar Hero. Yeah, that's true, actually. Uh, all right, this is Philip. He says. I loved the Name That Character segment in your recent podcast. Oh. Sam, last week we played Video Game Who Am I. Without me? Yeah, well, we're going to play it again here. Tonight. But he says, I just Is have a Peter suggestion. Pepper? I'm sorry? In, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I was really intrigued by some of your insider knowledge about the characters and wanted to know a little more. So last week, uh, Justin was Chun-Li, mm-hmm. and then Jared was GLaDOS. Oh. So this is different than 20 questions. Yeah. yeah. I this just is- want to say that 20 questions with Qbert, I watched that. You guys are total failures. That, I would have gotten that in the first question. I figured it out. We it took there. way too long. We have 20 questions. You, just, you gotta, you gotta paddle. I got very thrown people. off by not eating or shooting. Mm. I was so disappointed. Or jump, or like platforming. I, I was so proud of myself. We got there and played Phil it. Phil says, for GLaDOS, it was mentioned that she was mechanical, and then you all collectively took it back. I just wanted to know why. I always assumed she was a robot, hence made out of mechanical parts. Uh, GLaDOS is an AI. She's an AI. She could inhabit a mechanical yeah. body if she chose to. And like not, the Aussie herself. stands for oh, like operating system, yeah. right? Yeah. So that's why it's like, is she mechanical? Like, yeah, mostly, but not technically. Hence my confusion, if you were wondering why I had that deer in the headlights look, because I th- I agree with the way they answered, but it freeze? was hard. I know, no, he, but he was, was GLaDOS, and his first question was, do I have a gender? And we're like, uh, and then, So that was made guessing hard. It took a little while, because a lot of the answers to my questions, am I mechanical, am I, do I, do I have So in the spirit tax? of that, Damon made it even harder this week. No, yeah, no. Uh, it right, was, so the answers were all kind of like, eh. Sanic the fast hog. Sanic. So, uh, Philip has suggested the character for this week. Who, want, who would like to play? Oh, I think we should let Sam, Sam play, because he has okay, it. Sure. Sam, close your eyes real all quick. Right. This is who. Sam does. Sure. All right, so Sam, you will now ask questions to try and guess who you are. Does the audience not get to know this week? They said they'd rather not know. Because they want to guess along. Yeah, they want to guess along. Audience, you are also a character, but Sam will be your proxy. Yeah, all right. Sam is your avatar. All right. Um, Am am I a mechanical? Are you mechanical? No. Or biological is what? You are biological. Biological. Yes, but it's yes or no questions. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, Am I a lady? No. Nope. Am I an animal? Yes. Yes. Uh, do I have fur? 
No. No. Do, oh, wow. Uh, am I a dragon? No. no. Okay. <laughs> That's a good guess. Um, You're Qbert. Uh, yeah, yeah, seriously. Uh, I, I better not be Qbert. If I'm Qbert, I'm going to be really mad at you guys because I already guessed it earlier. You can ask the question. No, I'm not going to. Okay. okay. Uh, am I a creature that exists in reality? Yes. Yes. Okay. Oh, that's a totally good question. Uh, yeah. Am I an anthropomorphized version of that creature? Can I talk and stuff like that? Uh, no. no. Oh. Uh, I don't have fur. Um, man. Uh, do I have trouble crossing streets? Uh, <laughs> I would say you <laughs> would were you ever to cross the street. That would be difficult for you. It would be very difficult for it's you. It's never come up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Not, I'm not Frogger. No. no. Um, <laughs> Great question. <laughs> uh, do I have feathers? No. Nope. Do I have scales? Nope. No. Do I have, no, jeez. Don't, don't animals have to be covered in something? <laughs> Do I have spikes? Nope. No. Um, uh, am, I, am I multicellular? Yes. Uh, yes. That's a pretty good Ooh, question, wow. too. What, what would you, if you weren't, what character would that be? I don't know. Do or, I walk on feet? No. no. Do I walk on hooves? No. no. Or paws? Um, what did you say? Do I no. swim? Yes. Yes. Okay. Am I Echo the Dolphin? Yes! yes. <laughs> wow! Wow! <laughs> Echo the Dolphin. Yeah, because no scales is a mammal. That's, that's difficult. Yeah, that's I was cool. standing by. You are male. You've been in eight games. <laughs> You're what? male? That's so many. Yeah, yeah eight that's Echo amazing. The dolphin games. I didn't know Echo was uh, like canonically a male. That, I already I didn't even know that. This game, by the way, responsible for maybe my favorite thing I've ever heard Damon <laughs> say. Uh, I, last week, somebody wrote in and was like, hey, well, you guys should turn the tables on Damon and make him play this. I walked over to Damon and suggested this, and he looked at me straight in the eye, and without missing a beat, he says, Bob Barker does not play The Price is Right. It's true. I was like, um, that's, that's fantastic. Were so you good. all secretly laughing when you were thinking about Echo the Dolphin crossing the street? Yes. yes. <laughs> it would be yeah. very difficult, I believe, was the quote from that. Well, I was imagining him spring, like there being a street and him springing up and flipping yeah, and going gonna say. over well, he it. Maybe, could cross you know. over the street. If there's a river, if there's yeah. water on both He's sides of the street. street. Yeah. Do you know Echo also has like, either a tattoo or symbols on yeah. his head that represent his mom and dad? I did not know that. I did not know that. I didn't know Echo, Echo was a male, actually. Yeah. Um, so and I know you looked that up. Um, Echo the Dolphin was a, uh, a very pretty game I never understood. I you played it a, a whole lot, but I never, I couldn't yeah. really, I don't remember progressing very easily in it. It, like, was, it was puzzles. It was puzzles that were hard to solve. Like several Genesis games, it had a really beautiful, fluid, amazing beginning, and then moved on to crap levels. Yeah. Mm. Um, a problem that some I remember Genesis you could talk to whales had. and stuff, that was cool. Yep. Yeah. And you, know, you time traveled. You go in like outer space at some point, don't you? <laughs> I never I know you like that. at least like fight an alien. That's great news. Uh, Jesus. Before we go, Jack has one more suggestion here. Jerry, or Justin, you want to do this one? Sure. All right, close your uh, eyes. Okay. All right, here we go. This is who Justin is. Oh, okay. We all know this character in the game that the character's from? Yeah. Okay. Well, why'd you have to ask that clarifying question? <laughs> uh, am I a man? No. Nope. Am I a woman? Yes. Yes. Uh, am I from video games? Yes. yes. Am I from a video game released in the last 10 years? Yes. yes. Uh... Okay. Um, am I considered an like mo- more of an indie game character? No. No. Am I primarily associated with one console? No. Uh, no. So am I? Am I, my my games appear on multiple platforms. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, am I, am I rendered in two dimensions? Nope. 
Yeah. Well, wait, 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 wait. yeah, that's sometimes. right. Yeah, sometimes that's right. Okay, so I appear. I appear in both two D and three D form. Mm -hmm. that. Okay. Do I appear on Xbox Live Arcade? No. No, no. I don't think so. Wait. Okay. So I need to. I'm. I don't even have any picture in my head of what could, this could possibly be. Um, Did you ask the road Clark crossing question? <laughs> do I? Am I known for parkour? Yes. yes. My faith. Yes. yes. There we go. I think Game of Thrones is easier than video game 20 questions. Well, Sam and I also had our act together. Yeah, that's true. Uh, viewers and listeners, if you enjoy video game 20, 20 questions, don't fret because we're going to be playing that live at uh, the GameScoop panel at PAX this Sunday, and we'll be posting that you know, later on, on the online and for you guys to download and to watch and listen. So more video game 20 questions to come in the near future. Yes. yes. Uh, that's all the scoops we have for you this week. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Jared. Thank you, Sam. Thank you. Uh, remember, you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at ign.com. Hopefully, I will see many of you at PAX this weekend. My name is Damon. This is IGN Gamescoop, and we're out.